Galloway, and I live in Davenport, Florida. I would like to address the board and the superintendent this evening regarding the personnel action being taken against me. I am now being terminated from my position as an attendance and records clerk because I'm refusing to wear a mask. Does it right. speak up right now? Okay. Okay. Right here. So, so we're going to take okay. a recess if okay. we yeah. cannot. I'm, I'm asking because they're here and I, I respect the police officer okay. that asked me to put my mask back. Your conversation, your Don't testimony. interrupt me. Do not interrupt me. We're, We're taking a break. Are you serious? Welcome to the Buck Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Answer, Orlando. Matt Buff, your host. Great to be with you in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio here. Very strange week in America. We're all over the country. People are getting fired left and right because of non-vaccine compliance, masks mandates. I don't know what Joe Biden and his team were thinking. Putting this thing on 100 employees or more have to be vaccinated. Never before has happened in our country before. Never before. And they are firing the people they call heroes. School support staff, school teachers, hospital workers, nurses, doctors. They're all getting fired now. And so on the Buff Show, we're bringing you a very special guest. We're going right to our backyard to Orange County, the Orange County school system. That's the Orlando area for the people that don't know. And we're bringing on a school secretary who got fired because of her wanting to breathe freely. All right. So let's bring her on right now on the Buff Show. Welcome, Naomi Gallowa. Thank you so much for being with us on the Buff Show. Oh, thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. This is near and dear to my heart. I'm, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to talk to you today. Well, I was really appreciative of the Moms for Liberty sending me the video of you speaking at the school board. You were a secretary. Let's start with your background real quick, because the secretaries in the school systems work so hard. They have so much on their plate. Not just car rider stuff, guys. This is a big deal. And how long have you been doing this? this career? So I've, I've been a school secretary for over 15 years. Wow. 15 years in the same district or have you moved around? No, I've moved. I've, I've lived in Colorado and Montana and now here in Florida. Well, good job moving to Florida. That was a smart move. <laughs> uh, I love being here under DeSantis. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into this. Now, how long have you been working at this position in Orange County? I started with Orange County in 2020 um, in March, just during at the very height of the start of the pandemic. Okay. So you weren't even in the classroom at that point. (laughs) Well, you were maybe in the classroom for a little bit, but no. No, I I actually came on just as they shut everything down. And um, so very strange way to start a school year. Um, 2020, 2021 was a very strange way to start the school year, but thankfully we're here in Florida. We were on the front lines, opened up from day one, hitting the ground running, working with families and students and just right at it. That's great. And then I bet you were pretty excited to actually get back in the building to see the students firsthand. Yeah, that's that's the reason I do what I do. I love the families. I love the kids. Um, I love my coworkers. Like I'm a people person. And so being around everyone, being able to see the kids' faces, 
recognizing the the gap that's there for the kids that aren't able to attend face to face or were not attending face to face um the gap in learning that was being um you know that was happening for those kids so yeah i i was so grateful that we here in florida had that door open from day one to let the kids be face to face no no kidding at all i have three boys myself we're in seminole county just a little bit east of you and um We've had to go to the school board and say, we need mask optional for our kids. And a lot of parents were saying that. And then the governor comes out and says it has to be too. But then they found a way around it in the school boards by forcing staff and teachers to wear masks. So what were you guys thinking when you heard this? Because you thought, you know, this has been going on for so long, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can fill a football stadium, but we can't work in an office. I mean, for crying out loud, tell me your thoughts when you heard the county say we're going to mandate it on the staff and teachers. Yeah, you got that right. So I was at home and got an announcement from our superintendent saying we're now going to not honor uh, the governor's order and we're going to require our staff to wear masks. Um, I was very upset because, and I'll tell you why I was upset. Um, I'm all for personal liberty and freedom and choice. I believe people should be able to make that decision for themselves. If you think work, a mask works, then use it. I'm all for your, your option, your availability and, um, power to use that mask. If, if you don't, if it's not for you, then don't. Um, I last year, 2020, 2021, the whole school year wore a mask face to face with students. I had my, my face covered all day. I'm telling you eight, nine hours a day. Um, washing my hands multiple times throughout the day, still got COVID last year, still got COVID, still contracted COVID, um, still went through the whole rigmarole quarantine. The rest of my family did not catch it. So, um, so the fact that I'm wearing a mask that in my, to me and with my experience is basically not, not working, (laughs) didn't keep me from catching it, pretty much a worthless piece of garbage, um, in my opinion. Uh, and so then to be told, nope, you're going to have to mask up this year. I I was floored. I I was very, very upset. I felt betrayed, um, by my leaders, um, because I was looking forward to having the year to, to make that choice for myself. Well, that is something that's more effective than the vaccine, according to everything that we've seen in science. Since you had contracted COVID, your natural immunity and your personal health decisions should play a role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's part of it is I now have that natural immunity in my body. So to have to wear a mask again doesn't really make any sense. It's not making any sense for me, for those around me. And even proven fact that last year I wore it, still caught it, didn't wear it in my home. No, no one in my family caught it. It's like we have to start using some common sense here, folks. Um, and so, yeah, I was floored. I was, I was immediately thinking, how, what am I going to do? What are my options and how am I going to respond to this? A lot of teachers have talked to me about this because we've been in the same school system. So we made some friends and they have talked to me about this and said, what can we do? I said, well, you can't do much while you're still working there. But Naomi, like what happened to you? You can come out and talk about it. And now we can maybe get to the bottom of this because there is scientific evidence that says long-term mask wearing can actually be damaging to your health. Absolutely. So what happened? Okay. You were coming, this school's been in session for a while now. So you've been going to school just fine, right? 
So what happened was the mask mandate for the teachers and staff came out about a week before school started. I want to say five or six days before the first official day of, of school, which would have been my first day back in the building. Um, so when I got that message, I prayed about it, gave myself a little bit of time to think. And I had made a promise to myself last year at the end of the school year after wearing that mask and all I suffered adverse effects from wearing the mask all year last year headaches and just malaise, feeling ill, feeling rotten, um, breakouts around my mouth. Like, I mean, lo lots of, of bad, bad side effects. I promise myself I'm not wearing a mask. I don't care where I work next year, but I am not going to wear a mask. So I was thrilled when the governor said, nope, we're not doing mask mandates. And then devastated when my local uh, school board and uh, superintendent said, no, you will be wearing a mask. So I said, well, I promised myself and I'm going to hold myself true to that word that I'm not going to do it. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and send an email to my boss and let her know that I understand this is a requirement this year. Um, but I respect my principal. I respect her very much. And I wanted to give her time to react and um, make appropriate plans and adjustments for the fact that this was the stand I was taking and they could take whatever disciplinary uh, steps were necessary. Um, I told her I'd be happy to show up, um, but that I would not be wearing a mask. She said, um, you are required to wear a mask and left it at that. So I showed up to work on the first day of school, did not wear a mask. I was pulled aside into a, a private room with my principal and asked um, if I would put a mask on. She offered a mask to me. I politely declined. Um, she said, well, it, at that point, you have three options. You can either take a leave of absence, um, paid if you have the time or unpaid. That's up to you. Um, or there, there will be disciplinary action if you choose not to do that. Um, or the other option would be to get some sort of medical um, release saying that I have a medical condition that would say I need to not wear a mask. How about and your health? How about you being yeah. healthy? Is that, <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Did they show you the law that says you have to wear a mask in school? Was there a law presented to you? Absolutely not. What they presented me with was the board policy stating that masks will be worn. And I basically disregarded that saying that's I, that's not a, a legal requirement. Yeah, because a board policy, you can write in anything you want at any time. Right. Is that correct? You've been doing yes. this a long time. Yes. So unbelievable. Stay with us through the break here. We want to get down to the bottom of this with you because what on we've been doing on this show Naomi is just fighting against these mandates as best we can, bringing on people on the ground that are dealing with this problem. And the fact that a healthy person like yourself gets fired from her job of something that she's been doing for 15 years is just unbelievable. All you're trying to do is help my kids and my neighbor's kids. That's all you're trying to do. Absolutely. Why did you take the job? Because you like working with kids? I, I've always loved people. And so being at a front desk at a school, what do you do all day? You work with people, you love on people, you listen to them, you help them out, you serve them. And that's just my nature. So that's it. That's why I wanted to do it. We're going to talk more about this. You guys stay with us right here on the Buff Show. 
Veritas Tactical. Tactical. A family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, laser engraving, and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407 309 3000 and at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. 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 That they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Welcome back to the Buff Show, 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Answer Orlando, streaming on the Buff, uh, Facebook.com slash The Buff Show Orlando, Twitter, Rumble, Spotify, all your favorite podcast sites, that's where we are. So check us out on TheBuffShow.com, take you right to everything you want to see. Right now, all over the country, people are being fired because of their personal medical choices, something that's never happened in America, and I'm pretty sure it's unconstitutional. I know people are out there fighting this, but it's not soon enough because the people dealing with it, are they're, they're losing their livelihoods. That's our guest on The Buck Show right now, Naomi Galloway, and uh, it's just great to hear your story. In the first segment, we talked about what happened. You, just for the people joining us right now, she was a secretary in an Orange County, or a, yeah, Orange County public school and was basically fired based on no law because she chose not to wear a mask. A mask that has both sides of the argument. One, argue, one side says you should wear it to protect yourselves, but those same people also say only if you're sick. And then another side of scientists that say, it doesn't work whatsoever. It's pointless. In fact, it could be damaging. So that should be up to the individual. A healthy person got fired, Naomi, and that person was you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's been about a month, and so I'm learning to deal with that fact, but I've never been fired from a job in my life. I have um, a lot of pride and uh, take a lot of care with my profession, what I do, and um, to be fired and let go because of an illegal um, board member and superintendent's decision is is unnerving. Unnerving is one aspect. When I saw the video of you standing before the school board, I can tell that that's not something you like to do. Right? No. Am I right? You are You're correct. Pro- I, <laughs> I had well, re- um, a month's worth of uh, tension, anger, frustration, um, just building inside of me before I spoke to that, that panel. And so, no, that's not something I, I relish, but at the same time, I was glad to give, to have the opportunity to confront my accusers. Yeah. That, and, and the reason I asked that is because a lot of people may not like public speaking, you know, they may like, I, when I went to the school board, I saw farmers talking. I saw, uh, stay-at-home moms. I saw dads who worked in insurance. 
and now you're a secretary. These people aren't big on public speaking, but you felt like you had to say something. And when you went in front of that school board with their giant masks across their face, sitting 10 feet apart, there's nothing scientific about what they're doing. And they're just dismissing you altogether. If you had to work up the nerve to get to do that anyway. Right. And then here you go, getting dismissed by these guys. Yes, they were very dismissive. Um, as the video showed, as I was speaking to them, they barely looked at me to begin with. And then they so much as up and left the room because they were um, somewhat being heckled by the people that were there in support of what I was saying. And also somewhat, um, I think, because my uh, they could sense that I was I was rather riled up um, and I was being interrupted. And I, I was told to um, I was asked to not address what I was addressing. I was asked to not have a conversation. And I told them, do not interrupt me because I'm speaking right now and I'm given this time and they all left. So. Oh boy. Um, Unbelievable. Cause I, I saw the video. It didn't look like they were letting anybody in there. Um, yeah, it was pretty tight. Like I had to go through a lot of security. The um, parking garage was even full. And I mean, they had police officers everywhere. It was, it, <laughs> it was kind of silly because I thought if you're afraid of the people in this room, you, you got some issues. I mean, it was, it was moms and dads. It was, grandmas and grandpas it was you know community people like myself who yeah. care about what's going on and we're the people you serve i'm sorry but you answer to us you need to listen to what we say it's not acceptable to shut us down on facebook which they had disabled comments on their facebook posts and on youtube posts because they don't want to hear from us well sorry yeah. that's that's not how this is going to go is this russia <laughs> yeah what kind yes, of communist right. country is this you know the best way to beat the virus is to go to a football game with 90 other ninety thousand other people that's the best way to beat it they they were all scared that these football games were gonna cause everybody to fall down dead in fact the numbers went down so i just find it funny when i'm watching a football game with seventy thousand people and they're all walking around fine but i mean i'm watching an orange county school board meeting with the 10 most scared people I've ever seen in my life. Right. What are they watching? What are they right. getting this from? Because right. it's just not scientific. No, it's, it's, they're so out of touch. And this was one of the things that I, I really was adamant about making sure that I was there for. They're so out of touch with their constituents. They're so out of touch with the people that they're supposed to be serving. They have no idea what it's like to be a parent in this community right now. They're, they're not listening they're not receiving, they're just mandating and, and telling. And that's not how this is going to work. Yeah, because, I mean, have you seen the NFL games lately? Have you watched the college right. football? Like, um, Everybody's I'm fine. Sorry, I go to Disney like every other week and we're packed in there like sardines. So I'm sorry. It, let's, let's put, and that's why I said, I'm not going through this charade. I called it a charade. I'm not going through this charade of, yes putting on the mask to make someone feel happy to, to virtue signal to somebody. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I'm not part of your game. I bet the people that fought, fired you are fully vaccinated. Oh, most likely, most likely. Um, and there was that attitude probably is absolutely and booster and the booster. <laughs> How many, variants? whatever that means, whatever that means <laughs> a booster to a, this all, this whole concoction is brand new. 
Yeah. So what are they worried about? You know, if you're completely vaccinated and you're wearing a mask, nothing should bother you. But for some right. reason, unmasked people are a real problem to vaccinated masked people. How, do you have kids of your own? Yes, I do. I do. They're all um, young adults at this point. And how many do you have? I have three. Okay. So just like me, I have three boys. So if I lose my job, that hurts the family unit. What are you going to do now? Well, I'll tell you, um, the Lord's been good to me. I've, I, as I said before, I've been praying through this process because I don't want to make a step without knowing that I'm, I'm listening to his voice and, and, and being obedient to him. Um, and this has been a really tough thing. Like I said, I've never in my life, not even been so much as written up or disciplined for anything at work. Um, I can tell by talking to you, you're a really good person. <laughs> you know what? I care about people. And so that drives me to do what I do. And so, um, you know, the Lord just showed me, take step of faith, take step of faith. And I believe if we as Americans would take those steps and say, yes, this might cost me something, but all great things have value and it may cost you something, but what you're getting is greater than what you're losing. And um, my, I'll quote my father-in-law, Kelly Galloway. He keeps saying, um, you know, it's like the Bolsheviks and, you know, the, the gentleman on, on the train, um, you, you, everyone looks at you like you're crazy, but I'm the only free one in the room. I'm the yeah. only one that's saying, nope, I'm not going to follow along. I, I'm not part of your little conspiracy. Um, I have freedom and that freedom comes from God. Um, so they can't give it to me or take it away. Um, I will tell you that the Lord's been good to me in this process. He's opened doors for um, something else. So I am uh, currently employed and um, a place where I don't have to wear a mask. And um, God's just been very good to me. So, so I, well, I encourage, yeah, I encourage people, don't be afraid because if you're afraid, you're never going to change. You're never going to do anything. And I'm not saying go out and be careless, but um, if we don't start doing some things, they're taking away our freedoms and trampling on our liberties. We don't start saying no to some things right now. We're not going to have anything to say no to in the future. So we need to consider that. Have you contacted the governor's office at all? Because what they're doing with this firing is basically against Florida statutes right now. Yeah. Um, I hope Governor DeSantis can get a hold of this and take a look. Because you can't be, you're not the only one. You're not the only one this is happening to. Nope, nope. And that's that's why I, that's part of the reason why I went and spoke at the, the board meeting. I could have just quietly just, okay, they fired me, so now what? No, this is not about me. Um, this is about everybody, all of our freedoms. And I know our governor stands for those freedoms. And I have reached out to him. I continue to reach out to him. I'm hoping that the more viral this goes, the more it will be seen. And maybe I'll hear from his office. I know he's flooded with these sort of things all the time. Um, the offices I've been spoken, speaking to have really spoken more about um, the vaccine mandates. They're focusing on that first. Mask mandates have been a secondary status. But livelihoods are at stake, um, whether you're being yes. fired for the vaccine or the, the mask mandate. So yeah, I, this needs to be followed up with legal channels because they're committing crimes um, against, you know, it's human rights. It is a human rights violation. Mm -hmm. We're going to put this video everywhere we can. Everybody watching, share this portion.
with everybody you can because we need to get these stories out there. I know all this is just craziness all at once, and we've never had a situation like this in the country. The best way to get past all this is just live your life. Just be yourself. And apparently go to football games in Disney World and Universal Studios. I ride yes. that ride at Universal with the water ride, and I'm packed in there with people I don't even know. But yeah. I'm more I'm more scared of the drop that's coming and getting my feet wet for the whole day than I am of anything. And if Absolutely. it's my time, to, because it's the fall. If it's my time of the year to get sick, it's my time of the year to get sick. That's why we binge watch shows. Naomi, thank you so much. Thank oh. you so much for telling your story on The Buff Show. You are most welcome, and I, I, I pray for you guys. Be blessed. Well, thank you so much. We'll be right back right here on The Buff Show. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407 407- 7302-3396. That's cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Welcome back to The Buff Show on 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Anso Orlando, just rocking along here. And we want to bring on another special guest with you because we've talked a lot about the schools, what's happening, not just the mass on kids, but the curriculum and things like that. But we're going to talk about some other things you might not know about here. And I want to bring on specialist Bonnie Snyder. Bonnie, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, she's an educator with experience across the board, guys. Teacher, counselor, administrator, and prof- uh, professor in both private and public schools. So she knows what she's talking about. Right, Bonnie? <laughs> yeah, I've been at it a long time and uh, I'm still at it in, in a new form now. Okay, very good. And you're in Pennsylvania right there. So is that where you mainly did your career in Pennsylvania? Uh, You know, my certification for uh, teaching ranges from, New. I have four states, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Virginia. Uh, And then I had had three certifications, elementary, high school English, and counselor. And uh, I've taught at the college level in South Carolina and Pennsylvania. So East Coast. Okay, very good. And we saw a troubling video, and a lot of people have seen this at this point, where an Antifa teacher says he wants to use fear as a tactic to change kids' mind. Fear and intimidation. Did you see stuff like this when you were teaching and going through the career? You know, I I think I was one of the last people in terms of my own education to go through before things got weird. No, I did not see this when I was a teacher or a counselor. I was a counselor more recently in South Carolina, and I have to give it, hand it to uh, the administrators in the school where I worked. There's no way they would have put up with any nonsense like this. Uh, I think I had some really good teacher training. I'm wondering where these new these new teachers are being trained. So many people think that the problems derive from the ed schools, which I'm sure is partly true. But this Antifa teacher is this new strain of brazenness. And this, I, I know he was caught uh, on secret video, but 
still we are seeing teachers who are openly bragging and frankly gloating about violating parents' trust in the class uh, classroom. It really is next level. It's something like we've never seen. And even in our schools here in Florida, when we were walking through the classrooms, we saw gay pride flags. We saw, yeah. you know, the rainbow flags. We saw a couple BLM things like that. Yet, if a teacher puts up a blue Lives Matter flag with a thin blue line across the flag, that recently happened. They were asked to remove that flag. So, and then my son, we had to drop him off, and I saw somebody going to school with the Muslim head garb and a shirt that says Islam is the only way and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Nobody said anything. Nobody says anything to those guys about political or religious garb, but my goodness, you wear something Trump, you wear something conservative or something Jesus Christ, you're going to be in trouble. What? When does the big switch happen to where the education system has gone so far left? Yeah, I think that it's been happening uh slowly, incrementally, and steadily. I would trace it back to the 1930s, honestly. And uh, there's this old saying from a Hemingway novel about a character and how did he go bankrupt? And he answered, you know, um, slowly and then suddenly. And I think that's really what's what's happened in the schools. In terms of the different flags, the political statements in the classroom, but on t-shirts as well. Schools are government entities, public schools, and they're supposed to be viewpoint neutral. So if they are allowing students to come to school with political shirts, then that has to be across the board. Some schools don't. Some schools draw the line and say, uh, you know, no political statements. If there's a dress code, it has to be viewpoint neutral. Uh, in terms of teachers hanging flags up, there, ha there have been some repercussions. There was the TikTok teacher who took down her American flag and again, she was giggling about it on so, on social media of her own accord, and um, and saying when the students asked how they could say the pledge when there's no flag, she pointed them to the gay pride flag that she was not embarrassed to hang in her classroom. So uh, again, this this one sidedness is really where the problem lies. It's uh, I've I've seen classrooms where teachers have all sorts of political banners, you know, from different campaigns. And as long as it's across the board, that's fine. You know, it's like, obviously, there's always at least two parties more in each election. But um, people who are, are trying to use their access to other citizens' children to promote their partisan agendas, that's a misuse of um, your role. It really is. I remember when I was in high school that there was uh, like the civics teacher. He would have all kinds of bumper stickers from different campaigns and stuff like that. And it was really cool because, you know, that's part of civics is learning about your government and the history and, and how things work. Um, he'd have a Clinton sticker right next to, you know, an old George Bush sticker or a Nixon sticker right next to a Carter sticker. That was always cool because that's our history. Now we're trying to sweep history, real history, under the rug and replace it forever with other things. Did you get handed anything ever as far as curriculum that you did not feel comfortable covering? The, you know, when I was in school, no. Uh, when I was in public schools. When I was a professor, yes. Uh, it wasn't too bad. It was just assumed uh, that you were left-wing if you're in higher education. And so I think those people, professors who are not, sort of operate surreptitiously, sneakily. 
Uh, but I was on my lectern on election days. They, the union, I, I did teach in a school that had a union and they would put the correct candidates to vote for on my lectern. Uh, and I always presumed I was supposed to share that with the students because why else would it be on my lectern? Uh, but, you know, I just tossed it in the garbage, as was my right to do as a professor, and I just taught normally. But I always saw my role as a professor to be an honest broker in the classroom, which means, you know, I'm not trying to sell you on this, and I'm not trying to sell you on that. I'm giving you both sides. And even if students would ask me what my views are, uh, usually I would say, oh, it's not about me, which teachers need to learn that being in the classroom is not about yourself. Uh, but if I ever did answer, I would say, well, here's what I think. But you know, there are other people who think that because students have a right to form their own opinions and they uh, need to have access to competing views to do that effectively. No, I completely, I, I completely agree with that because that's, you know, when you're teaching history, that's how America was. There, there was competing views and one side would get with another side and say, hey, let's take a little bit of both here and make a better country. We have a Marxist viewpoint when it comes to BLM. We have a Marxist viewpoint when it comes to some of these radical groups. And the teachers union right now seems to have a lot of influence over the CDC, which is pretty remarkable. Yes, it's sort of a tail wagging the dog situation. I, that that the the strength of the teachers' unions is going perhaps to be their downfall because people find that schools are not able to innovate because of the uh, the level of control that the teachers exert over it, and they're leaving in large numbers. I mean, the enrollment is down, and the number of homeschooling students is up. It used to be that if you homeschooled, you were weird. One of my colleagues said that uh, it's starting to seem weird if you public school your kids, and it's normal to homeschool them. We've been going to homeschool conventions now at FIRE, and I am really impressed with the content, the curriculum materials available there. And even if you don't homeschool your kid, I highly recommend you check out the resources available at homeschool conventions to use to supplement because kids are not getting everything they need from public schools right now. And from what I'm hearing, it's worse in private. Let's talk about some uh, of your books. Recently, you wrote Undoctrinated. Um, talk about that because this is going along with what you're saying about how it's not always just brainwashing, but it's more like not letting kids have independent thoughts. So talk about some of your books, including Undoctrinate. Yeah, I wrote Undoctrinate. Uh, I started writing it about eight years ago when I had to pull my uh, child, one of my kids, out of a private school. She only went for three years until it was just unacceptable. And speaking of Marxism, I write in there about one incident, one of many, where she was given uh, the Communist Manifesto to read and then asked to participate in a classroom debate comparing whether communism is a better system than capitalism. And all of the kids except my daughter came home and said they the class agreed that communism was a better system. And my daughter came home and said, you know, mom, I tried to stand up for capitalism, but they didn't teach me anything about capitalism. They didn't give me anything to read about capitalism. So I can't think of a worse assignment than, um, you know, providing one half of the story and then asking, expecting you to debate both sides. And I mean, that is a completely rigged game. Uh, so I 
started collecting these sorts of incidents because I knew it was happening. Uh, back then I got gaslighted and I hear this from a lot of parents that when you complain, they tell you, oh, this isn't happening. Oh, you're imagining it. We would never do that. This, there's a lot of deceit. That The main reason I pulled my kid out of school was because not just that this was a bad teacher who was engaged in bad lessons, but because when you start lying, uh, I just really don't trust my kid to be around you because now you're a bad person. That is horrific when you think about it because it's one thing to cover it up. Yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's the terrible thing. When you cover it up just to cover a lie and then tell somebody you're crazy for thinking that. And and to keep secret, we're hearing uh, some really concerning stories of deceit, um, you know, lack of transparency, deliberate. And anytime an adult is trying to keep a secret with a child from their parents, that's never a good indication. That's something, you know, that's sinister. And, uh, I, and more and more families are waking up to this. So I don't even care what you're up to uh, keeping secrets is is a deal breaker for me. Um, you know, teachers are supposed to, they're expected to act in loco parentis, which means in the place of the parents. And that means you should be doing what the parents would do if they were there. They have to, by law, entrust their kids to your care for, you know, seven and a half hours a day. And, you know, schools are, are public entities funded by tax dollars the same way that a police department is. And if schools do not treat all of the members of the community with absolute transparency and fairness and equality and equity and all of that, they're going to lose the trust of the community. And that's what's happening from coast to coast. And once you've lost it, um, it's very, very difficult to restore. No, absolutely correct. And that's why parents need to start now. It's not just about the CRT talk you're, you're talking about. That story Bonnie just told was about her daughter. And you're exactly right. The communism and the one-sidedness is how countries fail. And that's exactly what we're looking at here. I want everybody to check out the uh, book. It's good, good reviews on Amazon. It says a must read for anyone looking for practical solutions to the problems of a politicized classroom. Practical solutions. Get the book on Amazon. Where else can they get it, Bonnie? Uh, well, hopefully it's at your local bookstore uh, and it's available at all of the major online sellers. So I hope that you will check it out. The, the uh, subtitle is How Politicized Classrooms Harm Kids and Ruin Our Schools. So, um, yeah, it's it's more than just and, and, you know, this used to happen from the right as well. There were teachers who would try to evangelize in the classroom, which they felt was a good deed. But they've had to learn that you can't do that in a secular school. And now it's time for the evangelicals on the other side of the political spectrum who are spreading their, you know, their fervently held views to realize that this is not the proper use of your access to children. Um, and to be professional, you have to adhere to the ethical guidelines that govern the profession. And that means even handedness in the classroom. Yes, indeed. Even handedness. Be fair to both. If you're going to do one thing, do the other. Everybody check out the book. Bonnie Snyder, thank you so much for joining us on The Buff Show. My pleasure. All right. We'll be right back right here on The Buff Show.
A boring website can make your company look really bad. <sighs> Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321-765-7710 or visit them at jjcmarketingsolutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions. Welcome back to the Buff Show. Matt Buff, your host. Check out thebuffshow.com. Great to have you rolling along with us. Our special guest, our weekly segment of True Crime with premonition author Wendy Whitman joins us on the Buff Show. Wendy, great to see you today. Thanks so much for having me on, Matt. How's the book doing, premonition? I want everybody to check it out. Give us a quick synopsis for the new the, the new the new listeners there. Okay, so um I quit back on TV for 15 years, and then I worked on Nancy Grace's show at HLN, and I wrote a crime thriller that incorporates 20 true cases through the main character's point of view. So it's a neat combination of a crime thriller, which of course is fiction, with um, true cases to sort of back it up. And the tagline you might be able to see behind me is, um, if you're not paranoid, you're not paying attention. So I think putting little glimpses of true cases throughout the book um, sort of bolsters that tagline. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not paranoid, you're not paying attention for our radio listeners. Check out Wendy Whitman on thebuffshow.com. You can go right to her page, click on the book, and order it right there. We encourage everybody to do it. It's a page turner, Wendy. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. Great. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Hey, I want to get, because we always do true crime stories on, on the show. Some are high profile, like last week, and I encourage everybody to go check out that episode we talked about last week. It was a horrific, a horrific tale about two kids who were um, completely tortured, raped, and killed. And I I went back, Wendy, and looked at about it. The fact that the perpetrators were black and the victims were white. We talked about reasons maybe that one was uh, swept under the rug, but the reason it should have been high profile was how horrific and how long-term this went on. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I always say, unfortunately, racist just seems to be front and center of everything these days, but crime is crime, and there are every, people from every background, every religion, every race, a certain percent of everyone does it and it's across the spectrum and i it, to me it doesn't matter the race of the victim the race of the perpetrators it matters what the crime was and everyone deserves a fair trial and should be judged accordingly to the evidence and and um that that is the goal that's why that lady justice with the blindfold that's supposed to be the whole thing that that it is based on what you did not on who you are um so yes, that was a terrible case. They were held for a weekend. Um, the, the boy, Christopher Newsom, was um, killed pretty quickly once they got them back to their house. They were carjacked, but they kept Shannon Christian for the weekend and she really suffered. And they, um, you know, it, it was just horrific what happened to her. Really sad case. 
It was. Sometimes, and I agree with you completely, I think sometimes the media lifts up the blindfold of the justice and takes a peek at the case. And there's so many times where they put race as the issue instead of the horrific crime. Exactly. I watch I watch other shows. I mourn for all kinds of different races of people who have been victimized. And, and it just, there's way more than people know to the story than just the racial aspect. But unfortunately, in the media, that's their take. Let's look at this Gabby Patino situation here. And the uniqueness of this is not only what happened to her, I want to get into that, but there were some pundits, uh, Joy Reid particularly, that turned this case into white woman syndrome. They talk about Lacey Peterson and Gabby. And and the reason that some of these – well, I want to get your take. When it comes to Lacey Peterson, Gabby Patino – and other ones that have been very high profile. Do you think it's because just of the uniqueness of the situation? Yeah, I think, um, like I always say, Lacey Peterson, I think it took off again. Some local reporter must have been the first one who broke that case. And Scott Peterson was good looking and she was pregnant. And they always showed that picture of her with a big smile. And once it hit the news, it just blew up. And certain cases blow up in the news and you know, there's so many, unfortunately, there's so many murders and crimes that happen, you know, throughout a year in this country, around the world as well, obviously in other countries, they don't all make the news. And each year you can probably pick out three to five maximum who, who that really blow up, if, if even if that, you know, for every Casey Anthony, Lacey Peterson, that's, you know, I, I could probably only rattle off a certain number on my, both my hands. It's not that, that 30 cases a year come to people's attention where the average person even hears about it. So once a case does blow up in the news, um, you know, it just takes on a life of its own. And, and again, for every case like a Gabby Petito or Lacey Peterson that blows up, there, there are plenty of cases nobody ever hears about. But I think, um, um, I think um, you know, to attach it, to bring up race in any kind of murder case that, that is such a tragedy is just not appropriate. And again, to me, it doesn't matter the race of the victim, the race of the perpetrator, it matters what the crime is. It's and, just um, it's further division, and yeah. when we need to be focusing, we want everyone on, to love each other. We want everyone to love each other. That's right. Even though I don't know if what America's all some about. people would love us back, Wendy. <laughs> 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 so let's look at this case because the interesting thing about that really grabbed everybody's attention when she went missing, first of all, but then you see the body cam footage of the police officer when her and her boyfriend laundry were having a dispute. And then we have all these weird circumstances that have happened recently. Um, There's people down there in front of uh, Darren's house where his parents live and they're protesting and they're trying to get answers. And we see like People, uh, he was driving her car back home, flowers being delivered, but not sure for who. Um, We have all these weird things. Dog the Bounty Hunter comes down there. But the fact that they were, let's start at the beginning. And when they were arguing in front of the police officer, she was talking about how she had OCD and was really taking responsibility for the way she was talking to him. Very interesting situation there. I kind of wish the cop would have just taken her into custody. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, relationship murders, we always used to say spousal murder kept us in business at Core TV. There, unfortunately, you know, when a wife dies or a girlfriend, they always look at the boyfriend or spouse right away. It doesn't mean they always are the ones who did it, but statistically, it's a high probability. And um, I think that, you know, it's hard to see one argument like that 
and really get an in, proper insight into what their entire relationship was all about. I'm sure the family, hopefully her parents have a better idea of what was actually going on in that relationship, obviously, if, if he's the one who did it. And obviously flight is always an indication of guilt. You know, we always, if you, if you flee, that's not a good look. You know, a lawyer would tell you that's not a good look if you end up before a jury that you ran away. Um, we don't know where he is, what happened to him. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt right now. That's right, because but, um, he is still, no, you're exactly right, because he is still entitled due process if he is alive. Do you believe he's alive? I mean, I, I, it would be a complete guess on my part. I would say he might be alive. He could not be alive, um, which would, you know, we just don't know where he is and what happened to him. Um, you know, on the surface, it looks like he ran away, obviously, but but I wouldn't say that's a fact because he could have had a car accident. You know, you, you just don't know. It's complete speculation. Obviously, most people think, I'm sure the average person thinks he's fleeing, but we, we don't know. So I hate to speak out of turn when I don't have a, a concrete fact. There are many scenarios that could possibly be going on right now. But obviously, the fact that he drove back to Florida in her van or car, whatever it was, alone uh, it was not, is not a good indication either. And then they weren't helping the police. And, you know, these are all just cookbook uh, routine things that make someone look guilty, whether they are or not. And, you know, um, people can come to their own conclusion with what the facts are currently out there. And I'm sure a lot will come to light over the next few weeks. We're on with, we're, we are on with Wendy Whitman um, from Court TV. Spent many years at Court TV. When you guys see cases like this, that van, when he drove the van back without her, we call that a clue. <laughs> That's a clue. That's a clue. That's a pretty clue that something nefarious happened. And yeah. usually innocent people don't do that. They would go to the no. police and say, hey, this right. happened. Right. That's a red Maybe flag. They, we call that a red flag. A red flag. That's what. I, that's the word I was looking for, red yeah. flag. Wendy, where uh, – where do you stand on how this has been handled from his parents? Um, they seem to be not giving answers to the media. They seem not to be talking much to the police and they're driving his car around. It, I guess it kind of looks like life is normal at his parents' house. Yeah, I'm sure behind the scenes, it's not terribly normal. Uh, I don't know how much the, you know, the police obviously have been trying to get his parents to cooperate. Um, I think, you know, they always say um, that it, that it starts at home and that that usually the family knows that there's something off with somebody and it's up and, you know, if they don't intervene on the early side, like Adam Lanza, the new teacher, um, who actually his mother was the first victim, you know, they she must have had an inkling there was something wrong with him, but didn't do anything or didn't do enough. And um, in this case, this is a relationship thing. We don't know, I don't know if Landry has any other record of any kind of violent or crime. I, I don't, I haven't looked into his background. I haven't heard that he's, that he has any kind of a rap sheet or anything like that. So, um, you know, relationship things, people can get very hot headed and it's not normal to kill someone, obviously. And again, we don't know, I'm not going to accuse him of anything before the fact. But um, I think the parents, um, you know, I think when you get these families involved and, and they're going to protect their kid, you know, that's generally what happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was asking myself the same thing. And me and my wife were talking like, 
if this was our kid, would we protect him, you know, and would we believe him? I just, yeah. without being in the situation, it's hard to know. <laughs> it's hard to know. It, re it really is hard to know what's going on. Well, I hope she does get justice, and I encourage everybody to check out the book, Premonition. Wendy Whitman, great time as always on The Buff Show. Wonderful. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Matt. I want to thank all the guests that came on the bus show today. Thank you for listening. Remember, we are fearless conservatives in action. Visit thebuffshow.com and we'll see you next time. Stay smart out there. I'm a gun token patriot, God being patriot. Pricing why they mad, cause I'm really maybe faking it. Free speech advocate, it's on my mind, I'm saying it. I'm about to buy another gun and ain't nobody taking it. Gun toting, Bible reading, God believing truth, speaking American.